Welcome to the Not Old Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelzang. And it is great to be with you again this week on the radio show and our podcast. Remember, you can find more information about the show at notold-better.com. Well, February is Black History Month, and we are honoring the contributions of black supporters, advocates, and organizations who are working to empower black communities throughout America. Our guest today, Brandy Alexander, is the National Director of Community Engagement at Compassion and Choices, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to improve health care, expand health care options, and empower all of us in the Not Old Better Show audience, irrespective of race, to chart their end-of-life journeys. But for black Americans, health inequities can prevent individuals and their families from experiencing end-of-life outcomes that align with their values and priorities. This is especially true when faced with a dementia diagnosis. Dementia is a general term for a group of diseases or conditions that cause impairment to a person's thinking, memories, or decision-making. Research has shown that people in the black community often face barriers to their care for dementia, including delays in diagnosis. Alzheimer's disease is the most common type of dementia. Around 60 to 80 percent of people with dementia have Alzheimer's. According to the Alzheimer's Association, older black Americans are twice as likely to have dementia than older white Americans. Today, we are focused on how dementia is impacting the black community. Brandy Alexander and her team at Compassion and Choices are hosting a virtual event with first-hand expertise and speakers on this very subject, which we have the privilege of learning more about today. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show Black History Month series, Brandy Alexander, National Director of Community Engagement at Compassion and Choices. Brandy Alexander, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk to you. This is an important subject. We're going to talk a little bit about dementia. Of course, your organization, Compassion and Choices. I love that name. That's a great name for an organization. Your organization is going to be doing an event regarding dementia and its impacts in black America. We're going to get into that today. Brandy Alexander, I'd like to ask you a a more I suppose a more general question to to begin our interview, and I know that this is tracked very closely, certainly by Compassion and Choices, the website that that you represent, but age-specific prevalence of dementia is 14 to 100% higher in African Americans. And I think specifically for my audience, uh, at least according to the Alzheimer's Association, older African Americans are twice as likely to have dementia than older white Americans. Why is the risk of dementia so much higher in African Americans? Yeah, that's a great question, Paul. Um, Unfortunately, there's nothing unique about dementia in that respect. Um, We find that similar finding with other terminal illnesses as well. Um, African-Americans have the highest mortality rate of any racial and ethnic group for all cancers combined um, and for the most major cancers. And that same thing goes for heart disease. So um, while medicine has come a long way um, in identifying many other risk factors for dementia, um, like chronic high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, Um, we tend to be, as I say we as in the Black and African American community, tend to have statistically higher rates than other ethnicities. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is a, you know, there are a lot of risk factors associated with that. 
mm-hmm. and there are social determinants of health, um, mm-hmm. which basically means people are where they're born, how they live, how they work, uh, where they worship and their age, all of these things having like historical and systematic racism has impacted why we're at the top of all of those sort of inequities and disparities. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes we're not in those healthy environments. We're not eating healthy food and economic conditions and all of that sort of leads um, to better health, health outcomes in other communities that we don't have the same access to, generally mm-hmm. speaking. Right. Mm-hmm. This, this idea of this, this social determinants of health, as, as you put it, I'm, I'm going to call that the inequalities of healthcare and, and just use that, that term. I like social determinants of health, but when I think of these inequalities of healthcare, just as you referenced, the high blood pressure, stress, diabetes, uh, even misdiagnosis, uh, I found. But according to Compassionate and Choices, what are some ways to overcome these social determinants of health, these inequalities? Yeah, so as, you know, Compassionate and Choices, we're an advocacy organization. So, we are addressing these inequities around really empowering individuals with information, including those with dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we start with the individual and making sure that they not only understand the treatment options that are available to them, but also pick up tools on how to communicate with their families and their medical teams so that they have um, you know, more understanding about what it is that they're facing and the options that are available to them. Um, And then as an organization, we work with uh, medical providers and healthcare systems to help them understand um, why these conversations, particularly end-of-life conversations, are important to patients and families with a sort of cultural competency lens. Um, And that basically just means understanding patients with diverse values and beliefs and behaviors and understanding the history of sort of mistrust with the medical community and why they may have to work a little bit harder to have these conversations, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. they are very necessary. Um, and then secondly, as an organization, we advocate for laws and regulations that increase options for all Americans. So hopefully, you know, as we continue to do that, it can help impact those historical inequities that exist. Yeah, that all sounds very good. I think these conversations are necessary in in all communities, especially focused on um, the black community. How's it going? Are you finding that there's interest? Are you finding that there's uptake and, and, you know, are people willing to listen and kind of overcome some of these other inequities, uh, particularly the mistrust? I think that's a big one. Yeah, I think there's there's still some hesitation, um, you know, not even just within the black community, but most people don't like talk about talking about dying. Right. So it's like, it's hard to even broach the, the subject. But once you do, um, we find that people are very hungry for the information. And without, without fail, someone has a story or someone's actually experiencing it with themselves or their parents or a family member. So once we sort of um, get them engaged in the conversation, we find that people are very receptive. But of course, there's hesitation in the beginning when, when we approach them around the subject of death and dying and, and preparing for it. Of course, understandably, which leads to 
conversation between you and I, and we're talking um, on the 14th of February. We're talking on Valentine's Day. So, so Brandy Alexander, happy Valentine's <laughs> yeah, happy Day Valentine's to you. Day and, to you and too. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, Compassionate Choices has, um, has an event coming up on the 23rd of this month that's focused on dementia. Maybe tell us a little bit about your role within the event mm-hmm. and uh, what others will be doing. Who's invited? How can my audience get involved and learn a little bit more? Yeah, I'm really excited for this conversation. So my role was really bringing the voices together to share their expertise, and I'll be providing an introduction um, during the webinar. But we have invited Dr. Jeff Gardier, who is a board-certified clinical psychologist, um, to come really give his perspective around the sort of mental health and psychological impacts of not only the person facing dementia, but for their support system and their caregiver as well. Um, and then we have Dr. Sonia Richmond, who's a board-certified certifi- board internist and hospice medical director uh, for more than 15 years. And she's also a member of Compassion and Choices Healthcare Advisory Council. So she'll be there to give sort of the medical perspective um, from everything um, involving medication to sort of the warning signs and, and how treatment looks for different types of dementia. Um, and then lastly, we have... Um, Atamishia Moore, which she goes by Missy Moore. She's a registered nurse with more than 30 years of experience, and she's a certified Alzheimer's and dementia dementia instructor. Um, And she's actually currently a caregiver for a patient with dementia as well. So she will give her perspective as a nurse and also as a direct caregiver right now for someone facing these, these specific issues. So it'll be really exciting. We'll be talking about, you know, not only sort of the statistical side around um, the African-American community and dementia, but also sort of the cultural um, impacts, which is something that we don't hear much about. So I think it'll be a really uh, engaging and exciting conversation. So if you visit our website, um, there'll be more information available there, which is compassionandchoices.org. But yeah, this is in honor of Black History Month because we really want to just raise awareness um, and keep the conversation going. We will put links up to where you can find out more information about CompassionAndChoices.org as well as Brandy Alexander and her team and the event that's coming up on dementia in Black America. We're talking, of course, in February during Black History Month. I think this is an important conversation. Sounds like the event itself will be very clinically focused. An awful lot of science and medicine will be discussed, which is, is so valuable, I believe, to, to all of us. Is everybody invited? I mean, should we should we think about extending the invitation within our community to um, those who are the children of uh, many in my audience? Or is it just focused on those of us who are over age 60? I think irrespective of, of race, I think we do need to pay attention to this. But of course, we want to invite all those of African-American descent. But absolutely, we want to think about extending that invitation. Is that is that something that you're interested in doing too, Brandy? Absolutely. I think everyone in any age group Mm -hmm. and every community Mm -hmm. would, you know, gain something from attending. Um, It is focused on the Mm African-American community, but the dementia obviously impacts everyone. So I think um, all age groups could learn learn, um, from from the information that will be shared. I agree. I agree. I think it sounds like an exciting event. Good to hear about your role too. Let's talk about the end of life decisions portion of the event, because I do think as you bring that up with people, we either 
do sweep it under the rug and, and not pay enough attention to it, or, or we're hungry enough for the information that we really do try to seek it out. And I'm thinking that the latter will be the case with, with our audience, that people will be interested in this. So maybe tell us a little bit more about how to make some of these better end-of-life decisions about care and planning, because I think it's, it's an underserved element in, in many communities, probably not just the black community. Yeah, I think the key to end-of-life planning is starting early. Um, It's best to really approach these topics before a time of crisis because once you're in that um, sort of crisis mode, you know, it's much easier if you have talked to your loved ones or your loved ones and your medical team are aware with your what your values and priorities are. So that would be my first set of advice is start early and have many discussions. This is not a one discussion sort of um, topic. And then the next part is after you have that conversation and really understand what your options are, then you have to put that in writing. And um, that mostly comes in the form of advanced directives, which are free forms. They're state specific. Um, so you can download those for free. You don't need a lawyer or anyone to help you um, make them legal documents. So it's really your opportunity to write down what your wishes are in case there becomes a time when you can't speak for yourself, which is particularly important when we're talking about dementia um, patients because obviously there'll be a time when, they, when they're when they not as coherent and cannot speak for themselves. So the more information you can gather while they are still have as much clarity as possible, the better it is for the future of their sort of um, process throughout the uh, dementia diagnosis. Um, and the other important part of that advanced directive is identifying your power of attorney. And that is the person who will be making those decisions for you and really advocating for you and being your voice since your voice is no longer um, available. So those are kind of the three aspects of advanced care planning that we really um try to encourage people to do is like have those conversations, have them early, and then put all of that information into writing. Great advice. We are with Brandy Alexander. Brandy Alexander is the National Director of Community Engagement for Compassion and Choices. Again, we're going to put links up on the site where our audience can find out more information about Brandy Alexander, as well as the event planned for this month, Empowering the Black Community about the impact of dementia. The event is February 23rd, and you can check out all of the information on the Compassion and Choices website. I spent a little time on the website too, Brandy Alexander. I thought I thought it was great. In particular, I found uh, the dementia or excuse me, the dementia values and priorities tool. And I thought that was fascinating. A great um, free resource on the website. Maybe tell us a little bit about that and how it helps plan care and and can answer some questions for our audience. Yeah. Yeah. And that toolkit is actually a two part. So they have the we have the dementia values and priorities tool and also the dementia decoder. And so it's a um, program where once you um, access the information, you can put whether you're facing dementia or you are it's really made for three audiences those who are in the early onset of dementia, those who are a caretaker for someone with dementia, and then someone who's just preparing in case they do face it in their future. And so it really takes you step-by-step through different treatment options so you can really chart out what your values and your priorities are so that 
um, when you do face or if and when you do face the um, your diagnosis that you have those tools, you have um, really guidance for your care team so they know what the, the care that you want. And so that can happen, you know, when, when you can't speak for yourself. So that is a part of our in, end of life care resource center, the um, dementia tools. And then we also have just like an end of life decisions care guide, which is very detailed. And it goes into those specific treatment options. And um, like, for example, we have a, a my, my values worksheet and that would breaks down everything from it's important for me to not be in pain or it's important to me to have a certain faculty and you can rank that on a scale from one to four. So, you know, like, well, if someone offers your care caregiver or your power of attorney, a treatment option that's going to cause you a lot of pain, they can go and look in that document and say, it's important to this person that they're not in a lot of pain. So this would not be the right direction to go with. So it's really just a guide to help make sure that your um, your preferences are followed. I think that's a great guide. Uh, yeah, those two. I thought those tools were great. And and I I want to talk to to you for just a second about the care team and about about caretakers because oftentimes they can be family members, they can be medical professionals, they can be one and the same. In other words, a medical professional can also be a, a family member. Mm-hmm. But in particular, with respect to family members. What should family members be aware of concerning the early onset dementia? Certainly filling out the guide, looking at some of these resource tools, yeah. prioritization of some of the things that you mentioned right at the outset. That That's great. Yeah. But how should we help? How can we be responsive and be supportive? Maybe offer us some additional tips and advice. Yeah, Dr. Richmond actually is going to go into a lot into depth about this. Um, but she, she taught me that... Um, it's important to look for those early signs, such as, you know, perhaps um, the individual isn't buttoning their shirt properly, or they're leaving the stove on, um, or there are other things that you notice that continue to happen. So she um, advises that as soon as you see those sort of things, to immediately connect with your medical team, because the earlier that you will start addressing these issues, the medications that are provided are more effective and all of the other treatment options that are available are more effective the earlier you start in your uh, dementia diagnosis. Um, and so, um, and Missy actually talks about the value of, you know, listening to music, getting fresh air with her patient, really keeping them busy um, and, and really not stagnant. So there are lots of things you can do to support people through um, particularly the early onset of dementia to help them be more comfortable and sort of ease into the illness. Um, but but the most important part is really connecting with that healthcare team as early as possible. You're referring to, of course, two of the presenters, Missy Moore and Dr. Sonia Richmond, both of whom will be presenting along with Dr. Jeff Gardier at the Black History Month, Empowering Black Community with the Impact of Dementia. It's coming up on February 23rd. And we're talking to Brandy Alexander. Uh, Brandy is the National Director of Community Engagement for Compassion and Choices, who will be sponsoring the event. Final question for you today, Brandy Alexander. Uh, we really appreciate your time. This has been so helpful. What do you recommend that, that our audience do to reduce their own risk for developing dementia, uh, irrespective of, of race? Yeah. And obviously I'm not a doctor, um, but we work frequently with medical providers and we have several physicians on staff. 
And they um, suggest that first talk to your healthcare provider, as I mentioned before, ask lots of questions. Um, and if they're not engaging with you, find another one because it's really important that you have that relationship with your medical team. Um, aside from that, the advice is similar to other conditions, which is, you know, re regular physical activity, of course, never smoking or quitting smoking and reassuring that you're having a healthy diet and really take care of your mental health. Um, that's a big thing that I think everyone is being more conscious of now, but mental health has a huge impact on so many different um, aspects of your, your, your body. And a lot of times that stress and, um, you know, your mental health can can really reflect itself through your illnesses and different different aspects of your health. So, um, and one of the most interesting things to do is to keep your brain engaged with puzzles. You know, lots of reading. There are lots of apps out there also that you can download on your phone that are just like puzzles and different things to keep your brain active. Those are some of the advice that I've heard our medical team give to um, to our supporters. This is great. Great stuff. Brandy Alexander, National Director of Community Engagement at Compassion in Choices. The event is February 23rd. You can register it directly on the website at Compassion in Choices. We will put up links to where you can find out this information. Black History Month, Empowering the Black Community and the Impact of Dementia. Great lineup of speakers. Brandy Alexander has been our guest today. She too will be there giving an overview and hosting the event. What a great opportunity to talk to you this month about this subject um bringing awareness i think is to it uh, is bringing awareness to it is is important um check out the website and i think importantly check out the event this will be great stuff for our audience thank you so much for your time brandy alexander best to you and i'll just invite you back as you have other events that are particularly pertinent to to our audience at compassion and choices please come back and tell us about them we'd love to learn more Thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate you having me on to share our information, and I would love to come back. There's so much more that I can share about um, what we're doing to you know, impact end-of-life care for all communities. So thank you so much. Fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome, and we'd love to have you back. My thanks to Brandy Alexander and her team at Compassion and Choices for their help in preparing today's show. My thanks to you, my special audience here on the Not Old Better Show for radio and podcast. Remember, be safe, stay well, practice smart social distancing, and let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody, and we will see you next week and online at notold-better.com. 